it takes the human brain an average of one minute 47 seconds to suffocate to death via hanging if you put a noose around your neck and kick the chair away it's exactly 11 58 13 on new year's eve you will die at exactly midnight start your new year off right you also end your new year right as well <laughs> no, okay. I, think, I think they're one and the same aren't they i don't know if it's starting or ending it right to be honest no <laughs> I think, to be honest, that, that that's more an anger at how many, how much I've seen those posts than it is me actually being enthusiastic about people hanging Wait, themselves. Well, there's been posts about people hanging themselves on New Year's. No, no, you've seen. I've 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 imitated a, a popular meme that's been circulating. You must have all seen this. I I don't think I have. I hope we've grown to the point of now just immediately mocking memes. We're like the the anti millennials now. We're like yeah. old people, like, oh, this meme isn't funny, therefore we can't do it. Um, despite I, the fact that memes are only ever funny the first two times you see them, and then it becomes the quicker you start mocking the meme, the quicker you buy in on. Never mind. Um, and yet, Jordan is gonna... now such a real person that, that that he's out of touch with memes. Mm. What happened, Jordan? What happened? I can't honestly say. Is, it, is there such a thing as growing out of memes? I don't think there is. Well, the thing is, I suppose we'll be of the first generations that will possibly explore this. I, I think I think I, people often forget that with, with the way that we've grown up, with constantly surrounded by the internet and web humour, we're in uncharted waters. No one's done this before. I, I think it's too early on in the podcast to begin exploring the nature of memes, and therefore we should start <laughs> by introducing ourselves. Um, my name is James, and for Christmas, all I want is Nigel Farage behind bars. <laughs> Hi, I, I'm Jordan, and all I want for Christmas is a purebred pit bull from Paul Nuttall. <laughs> and hi, my name is John C. Riley, and all I want for Christmas is to be a member of this podcast. <laughs> oh, that's sad. I I feel I need to address this quickly. Uh, I'm not John C. Riley. Uh, <laughs> one morning, one morning, I, I woke up and. Ben had posted on the Villa Discharge page, here's a new podcast member, John C. Riley, replacing Robbie <laughs> Owen. And he I decided to run with Riley's face on the logo. <laughs> <laughs> I decided to run with it and I posted on my Facebook saying, I'm so sorry to announce that I'm parting ways with the podcast. I've had a great time over the past four years. I want to wish John all the best with the podcast going forward. Uh, <laughs> and I wish him nothing but luck. Um, I'm off to spend my time with his wife and his kids i looked at his wife and kids names as well in his hollywood mansion uh, and i'm looking forward to continuing work on the holmes and watson comedy movie with will ferrell and reprising my role or his role in wreck it ralph 2 um how many people, people believed it quite a few quite a few i was getting messages for about a week afterwards saying i'm so sad to hear you're leaving the podcast or what's what happened why are you leaving this this amazes me because surely by now nobody takes anything we do seriously <laughs> and yet they still do yeah it's it's a constant source of bafflement for me uh my name's actually robbie owen um and i'm actually john c Riley's best friend have you ever met um, john c Riley? no no but i've not seen I've john c Riley? not in the flesh but I've never met most of the people I'm best friends with. <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've never met Colin Firth, and yet I'm his boyfriend. Ah, news yeah. to me. News to him. <laughs> John C. Riley to me will always be Larton Crapsley in that god awful movie Cirque de Freak. <laughs> see now, see John... now, Ben, Ben, Ben Knight, the the member of the podcast who can't be here because he's paganing it up today, but he. He loved the Cirque du Freak books, and I, you know, I I've never actually read them. I read the Demon Art book, but Cirque du Freak. And Ben went there on his fourteenth birthday to watch the movie, and left absolutely crushed. <laughs> so this is our Christmas special episode. So I want to begin by saying Merry Christmas, <laughs> Merry Christmas, and, and, and our, some Jingle Bell effects. I hope you get all the stuff. Yeah. Um, I hope you have a Merry Christmas. I hope your stocking is full of many, many Satsumas, at least eight. Um, and normally when we do our Christmas podcast, we do a Christmas episode, 
I come in every year and I've bought you gifts from Poundland um, <laughs> because I'm generous, but I have a budget and I buy mince pies as well and I'll hand you mince pies. But this year, as with the past two podcasts that weren't the live show that wasn't episode 100 itself, um, we're doing it over Skype. So I can't give you any um, any mince pies. So there's no point. So I decided what I do instead is I would keep the tradition of eating something you don't really want to eat because it's a certain time and have some 16 minutes past eight cheese. So I have here some cheese and I'm going to eat some of it because it's 16 minutes past eight. Is um, it so pre-grated or are you just going in for the block? Going for the chunk. There you go. There's a chunk of cheese. Quite a sizable chunk of cheese. About the size of my nose. Okay. Um, this is this is going to be great podcast material. I thought. I remember. Do you remember the episode where I ate an entire out of date Battenberg? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And you know how that was a really really good one. Are you, are you hoping, for? Let's do that again. Are you hoping so, for a repeat by eating this chunk of cheese four oh, days not. before Christmas? Oh wow! You're uh, calling this one a bit late as well. You're going to be having cheesy nightmares all night, sir. Mmm. Mmm. Wow. <laughs> so I've eaten some cheese and we'll now move on with the podcast. Um, <laughs> so another thing I've done in the past couple of years is that I've bought oh um that was that was that was certainly mature cheddar. Um I brought in some crackers and we pulled them and we've gone through what's gone on in crackers when you pull a cracker. Now, what's your favourite thing that happens in a cracker, James? Is there a joke in it? Is that it? Or is, yes. or is it that you get a hat that rips because your head is too big to fit them on? Because that's what, that's what happens to me. <laughs> Mine's the same. You, you put the hat <coughs> you slide it that just to, over your ears and it just pops off. It rips. It's ruined. I'm way too insecure to have a head big enough to rip a Santa hat. But you get some jokes, right? So I, I decided that, you know, because normally Christmas crackers, they'll be themed terrible, terrible jokes. Oh, yes. Yeah. I thought, well, I've won awards for comedy. What I should do is write some jokes in the style of Christmas cracker jokes, okay? Oh, wow. Okay. Okay, yeah. Okay. So, these are my ho, ho, ho Christmas jokes. They're themed around Santa's favourite catchphrase, which is, of course, ho, ho, ho. So, the first joke. What is Santa's favourite legendary bird Pokemon? I think I see where you're going with this. Do you want, do you want to take a guess? Go on. Go on. Go on. All right. Is it? Lugia. Is it? Oh. It's Lugia. <laughs> it's, it's Lugia. Wait, it's Lugia. Um, I, I thought it would be Zapdos. No, it's Lugia, mate. It's Lugia. You clearly need to know more about Santa's taste and bird Pokemon. Uh, okay. What is Ultras Santa's... with your flaming wings so bright, <laughs> won't you guide my Pokeslay tonight? Okay. My second joke, right? What's Santa's favourite gardening tool? A trowel. It's a trowel. Uh, actually, a it's a trowel. A hoe. No, it's a trowel. No, it's Wait, a are you hoe. serious? It's a trowel, Is it it's a trowel yeah. It's a fucking trowel. Hoe. It's not it's a trowel. <laughs> it's three hoes in a row. <laughs> it's not. It's a trowel, mate. It's, it's, it's a trowel. three hoes taped together for thrice the tilling. <laughs> what what is that what is a hoe good for other than making inappropriate jokes um, that's my question that's my question uh speaking of which <laughs> what's santa's favorite name for a professional sex woman what's santa's favorite thing that he would call a professional sex woman woman of the okay. night woman of the night we've got from james jordan um uh queen elizabeth nope it's sally boston <laughs> Wow, <laughs> <laughs> which is which is James's mum's name? Because I and thought to, I could just say to, your mum. And, and, and to think of all, all the nice things my mother has said about you, Robbie. <laughs> What's your mother said about me? How much do I regret it? Nice things, nice enough things <laughs> that you should you should feel remorse. Well, the thing is, right? Ben isn't here, so he hasn't got the right reply. Uh, Jordan's mum is racist, so we've already got a joke about her. So, if one of our mums has to be a sex worker, then process of elimination. 
says Sally Boston. Are you um, saying that racists can't be sex workers? <laughs> not, that's exactly not, what I'm saying. Equal opportunity. Not not that Jordan's mom is a racist, but, <laughs> but she's a sex worker. <laughs> okay, and and finally, my final Christmas joke. My final ho 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 Christmas joke. What's Santa's favourite part of the expression? Hi ho, hi ho, hi ho, hi ho. Is it? It's off to work we go because he. Uh, enjoys subjecting all of his elves to inappropriate work conditions and doesn't give them the appropriate compensations because he's basically uber yeah the reindeer are the better part of the metaphor there well yeah i agree um it's not his favorite part of that phrase is hi because he likes saying hello to people and santa in fact hates the fact that you stereotype him he said ho ho once when he was drunk and it stuck with him for all these years he's really really sick of it and hopes that you would stop saying ho 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 whenever you talk about santa if you if you just written anti puns, <laughs> yeah, I wrote four, I wrote four you anti puns, four anti puns and past yeah. jokes. Yeah, yeah. There was a thing I said to James before we started recording that I've written something. Um, he was talking about James has written a thing about mince pies that we'll come on to shortly. Yes, and I said initially that I'd written a joke about mince pies before backtracking and saying it isn't a joke and it isn't about mince pies. Um, <laughs> and I think that's the level of what I've written for this week's podcast. That's that's where we're at. It's, they're almost jokes without the jokes. You've 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 done a deconstruction of comedy as an art form, and that's what I want people to take away from this and from my comedy in general. I don't want them to think that was really funny. I want them to think, was that comedy at all? Do you think you could do that? Do you think like like people serve deconstructed coffee? Do you think you could deconstruct a joke into Wait, the certain what? Thing? What, what's What's deconstructed coffee? Um, you get sir, you get three. Here's here's the coffee bean plant, and here's a dairy cow for the milk. You get three. Make glasses. it work. You get three glasses. One with the with either whatever it is. It's usually like the co- coffee grounds or whatnot. One with the milk and one with the hot water, and you make it yourself. <laughs> and yes, <laughs> that's just called making a cup of coffee. That's not no, deconstructing it's anything. Coffee. It's oh yeah, I I fancy having a deconstructed omelet. Here's some eggs. Here's some milk. Here's a pan. Here's some heat. I thought it was a joke, but no, these are these are actual things. You can buy deconstructed coffee. You can buy a lot. You can buy deconstructed desserts. Which, if you have an apple crumble, it's just like the crumble on one one plate, <laughs> the apples on the other, and the sauce on the other plate. The, the, the thing that baffles me about deconstructed coffee is, as someone who spends five working days a week making coffee, whenever anyone, as they often do, come in and asks why your coffee is so expensive, my go-to mm. expense, or sorry, my my go-to excuse is it's because you pay for the barista, you pay for someone who is trained and skilled enough to be able to make it, as yeah. in me, you're paying for me. Um, like they pay for your mother, yeah. <laughs> Um, so the, the problem with deconstructed coffee, though, is that you, you can't offer that argument. You, you, you can't offer that to them because there is no skill involved in making it if the person does it themselves. <laughs> wow, right, Jordan's brought coffee. an image of deconstructed coffee. That's yeah, absurd. Deconstru- and it ser- looks like it's served in like the sort of flasks you use in like GCSE science. Yeah. No, but deconstructed coffee to me is a colon of being a vice article. <laughs> <laughs> so say when they give you the coffee and they give you three separate shot glasses of all the things required to make coffee, do they also give you some raw clay and a stove to make the cup that you'll drink it from? <laughs> they just spit on you and say, that's what you get for being a hipster, you cunt. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and what about, what, I mean, is it cold? I don't know, Jordan, you're the authority on deconstructed coffee. It's something that I picked up on through through those wonderful things that are memes. Um, mm. I believe that the, the you get hot water, so the water is hot and the rest right. of it is kind of probably room temperature or cold with the milk. <laughs> okay, I'm just glad we got to the bottom of that. I'm glad we went for a deep dive into deconstructed coffee. Merry Christmas. I've bought you all so... a deconstructed coffee. <laughs> Another thing I apparently hear that people consume at Christmas is mince pies, James. Uh, it's funny you should mention that, yeah, which is why I've got um, an entire quiz about Brussels sprouts. <laughs> oh, no, no. no, they're not. I've got a quiz that's uh, entirely about mince pies. So um, the way this is going to work is that you mm-hmm. two are going to be competing against each other. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you can do that. Yeah, and there are ten questions. It's you, you know how quizzes work. Whoever gets the most points wins. That's not how pointless works. So I, I just I was a bit confused. I'm glad you clarified. No, but but I am not pointless. So, so this people apparently. I mean, watch. that's questionable. People have won pointless. Did you say? No, people apparently watch pointless. Yeah, and they can't watch this because it's a podcast, right? So, question one: mm-hmm. When did mince pies first appear in the UK? Oh, well, I'll tell you what—they disappeared pretty soon afterwards because I ate them, and I'm a man from a mince pie advert, right? 1876. I will accept uh, the closest century. You don't have to be so specific. Oh. <laughs> the 1800s. 1600s. So, Jordan, you've said the 1800s. Yeah. Robbie, you've said the 1600s. Yes. Um, Robbie is closer, but you're both not mm-hmm. even close. So, oh. they oh. originally appeared uh, in the 13th century. Okay. Um, and they were... Um, Basically, they came about when you had crusaders returning from the Holy Wars, and mm. they brought recipes back from the Middle East with them, which would incorporate meat and spiced fruits. And naturally, because they brought them to Britain, somebody eventually thought, hey, let's put this in a pastry. Um, and they made a mince pie. And there you go. Yeah. I like how you oh, said the word appeared three times, as though they just out of nowhere. Poof! Like puff pastry. One day, the crusader was walking through the tall grass. <laughs> he was ambushed by a mince pie. He said, you know what? I really fucking want to put this in a pastry. <laughs> okay. Question two. True or false? In Tudor times, it was believed that mince pies must be consumed in total silence. And it was believed that if you spoke whilst you were eating one, your youngest child would contract dysentery. That's got to be I, true. I believe 100% that this was made up by James Bosson. I believe this is true because I want to believe that it's true. No, I, I, I do not. I can tell on. you that, unfortunately, that is not true. Oh, um, I, of course I, I, it's I, not true. I made that up another point Look, to Robbie. We have trial by cake, so... <laughs> <laughs> trial by the natural progression of law. You work your way up the desserts. Did you see that, um, eat trial by treacle tart. Did you see that news article? A bit of a side note. Last year, about a guy who got a um, parking fine and he got uh, his court summons to pay it, um, and he went mm. to court and demanded trial by combat. Yes. Yeah. Which, which I love. That's that's what I want to be when I'm older. Um, okay, moving on. Now, this one um, is going to maybe require a bit of you doing some working. Um, what okay. is the official Guinness World Record? For the fastest consumption of three mince pies. Three mince pies. Three mince mince pies. pies. Okay, were they already out of the foil wrapper? Because that takes a lot of that takes a surprising amount of time every time. You've got to sort of peel a bit back and then pop it out. I'll be honest, I don't know. I could (laughs) I could I can tell you who set the record and when and where, but I couldn't tell you the specifics. What's the man's name? So, first of all, you assume it's a man. Um, well, well, yeah, is, because I'm a massive misogynist. Um, his name was Robert Lee. His name probably still is Robert Lee. <laughs> 15 seconds. Um, 18 seconds. You're both way under. Um, oh, that means but, Robbie's won again. But once again, yeah. Robbie is technically the victor. <laughs> um, now, this is where we'll, we'll potentially have some difficulties. So, it was 54 seconds. Well, I think I think I could eat three like you know relatively normal sized little mince pies you get in multi packs. So I could eat three of those in less than fifty four seconds. You know, if you'd said this this time last year, we could have tried that. We, yeah, we could have tried that. But instead, all we can do is we can see if I can eat three lumps of cheese <laughs> in less than a minute. Um, now it's interesting because there have been the, um, this one is quite hotly contested. And there have been um, numerous, numerous uh, claims. And even Guinness World Records themselves have... Um, they issued a notice about the amount of people that have attempted to contest this, saying that they did it quicker. But this man is the only person who has done it under official Guinness World Record conditions. Um, I don't know if anyone has made a successful attempt since to do it. So question four... 
true or false, when you are creating mincemeat for mince pies, tradition dictates you must never stir anti-clockwise, as it will bring you bad luck for the next year. I Right, okay. This is not true, but it might be something that people believe is true. And I believe it is something that people believe is true, but I do not believe it is itself true. Good day, sir. Well, if I, if I want to make any points, it, see, I could I could go for the safe option and say the same as Robbie, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go the opposite and and say it's not true. See, I th- I think I, I'm gonna have to press you both for something. So, uh, Robbie, you didn't strictly yeah. say it true <laughs> or false, and it wasn't will stirring mincemeat anti-clockwise bring you bad luck. The question was does. <laughs> Does tradition <laughs> dictate? I said, because if it if it did, you know what? I haven't been stealing mince pies. Stealing mince pies? I I haven't been driving mince pies around the parking lot. They just keep crap. Well, every time you go anywhere, like they just crumble completely. No, I haven't been. Never mind. The joke was going to be that I've had loads of bad luck, right? So I've clearly been making mince pies wrong for my entire life every year. That was stirring, be a joke. stirring the pot, anti Stirring, stirring, not steering. Yeah. Um, but what I'm saying is that tra- according to Old Wives Tales, yes, that is a thing. And Jordan is saying it's not. Yeah. The opposite of whatever I said. Unfortunately, Robbie is correct again. Oh, no. Robbie has Why not had a that? question wrong thus far. Robbie, he is you're so Christmassy. <laughs> you know, I've never enjoyed a mince pie. <laughs> I've eaten one. I did not like it. That was enough for me. The worst thing is, I've actually made mince pies. <laughs> <laughs> Which way did you steer it? This might Both. result. That you might savage. be why you're doing so you badly savage. on the quiz. You may have sabotaged your chance. Sab- sabotaged your chances by making your mince pie wrong. I've forgotten how to talk. So, question five. Okay. Um, now, this is where we might have some. Uh, some some disagreements, as per an earlier one. This is not a Guinness World Record. Uh, set mm-hmm. and agrees time. What is the record amount of mince pies eaten in ten minutes during a speed eating competition? That's a good question. I don't know the answer, but twenty-three. Twenty-three from Jordan. So, if it takes, if you can eat three mince pies in less than a minute, and if you just say you had a leftover seven seconds there. And so that means that in 10 minutes, you could add in a whole extra mince pie. Um, that means that three times te- 30, let's go 32. But you would get a decay. You would slow down. But then the professional speed eaters should be able to do it. Um, 31. I'm going 31. 31 mince pies. So Robbie has said 31. Jordan, are you sticking with 22? I'm sticking with 23. Oh, 23. Sorry. Yep. Um Robbie is once again correct. What? Um, I, well, he's he's, he's he's not he's not correct, but he's closest. God damn it! How many? Um, it's actually forty-six. What? But well, that guy could only eat three in. in he a could. He could. Um, now this record was set by a competitive speed eater called Sonia Thomas in two thousand and six, um, and she is um, interestingly enough is known for her very small stature for being really a speed like eater. Um, she's only eight stone, and yet she's oh. a champion world speed... Oh, sorry, speed eater. Right, how um, much does she shit? Probably lots. She doesn't... What, what her... What her um, she doesn't have a skeleton. She's just like a skin <laughs> and then she just shovels <laughs> mince pies down in. Yeah. And that, that, she's actually eight stone of mince pies with the skin wrapping. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, it's it, um, cover that in pastry. <laughs> yeah, there is actually a video which I did watch of that attempt, and it's not strictly in keeping with Guinness World Record standards because she sort of grabs the pies, dunks them in water, and just shovels the paste into her mouth. Oh. And it's, it's, and it, it's that. that made me feel slightly that- sick. Have, yeah. you ever, have you ever seen like Kobayashi, who's like the the world record holding uh, speed eater? Well, like he does one where um, he eats um, a shit ton of hot dogs in a minute, and he does the same thing. He just grabs the the sausage and the bun, slams them into a bucket of water, and then just eats the paste. Oh. Can I ask why? Because people will do anything. <laughs> <laughs> so fair enough. Question. Question answered. six. True or false? In the Middle Ages. 
Mince pies were traditionally served in coffins. <laughs> oh, come on. That's false. No, I'm going to say this before Jordan false. does. Yeah. Oh. Are you both, you're both saying false? There's no both way they were traditionally served in coffins. That's actually, say... It's actually true. No. <laughs> that's, that's true. Well, it's, it's technically, technically true. Um, I want so, context. So in the Middle Ages, um, their understanding of a pie is slightly different to what our understanding of a pie would be. And instead of um, you eating the pastry and the contents, they would create what they would refer to as a coffin, which was basically just flour and water. And they'd make a sort of bowl type thing out of that, fill that with pie filling, and then you would eat that out. And only the poor would actually eat the pastry or the coffin that was left. That so was, that was that was a tricksy question, right, <laughs> Mr. Bosson. <laughs> so in a way, we were both right because, well, to well, our in, knowledge, in a way as well, you you were both wrong. So you know, <laughs> yeah, take take what you want from that. Take what you want from that. Um. So let's move swiftly on to question seven. Mm-hmm. Um. Mince pies were once made completely illegal in the UK. Why? Uh, Oliver Cromwell for Damn a history you, Yeah. We all know that Oliver Cromwell Christmas, isn't it? did not like Christmas. And obviously, yeah. mince pies, Christmassy. I don't, were they associated with Christmas back then? They must have been. You know, probably Charles Dickens and that, isn't it? Like in the new film, The Man Who Invented Christmas, starring Dan Stevens as Charles Dickens and Christopher Plummer as the Scrooge Man. It's... A really average film. Don't bother seeing it. Um, um, I am um, just to just to quickly stem on that. Um, <laughs> I am normally of the firm belief that all films should be watched in the cinema. That's the best place to watch any film. That's the best environment for it. I saw this film in the cinema, and I left thinking this is the one exception to the rule. the The only place it's ever be seen is on the last day of term in a class where you're not doing any work because it's the one DVD the department has <laughs> in school. That is the only circumstance which anyone should ever watch The Man Who Invented Christmas, starring Dan Stevens. I don't know about you, but that DVD DVD for me was Mm. the first hour of um, Oliver Twist. Mm. Oh, yeah. The first hour of Oliver Twist, I just watched like 50 times because that's all my school would ever play. They're like, oh, well, we've got nothing to give you. How about an hour of Oliver Twist? (laughs) I've seen the first hour of Stardust eight times. I've never seen the second hour. Why have you not have you not been curious as to what happens? Sort of. I've just seen the first hours so many times. And Robert De Niro weird. wears a dress at one point. Yeah. But the first five times I watched, I had no idea who Robert De Niro was. I was eleven. <laughs> I hadn't seen Taxi Driver. And slowly I worked my way towards the point of going, that man wearing the dress in that film I'd watch every the last lesson before we broke up in Ari every single time. It's Robert I- De Niro. I love the thought that, that even then, Robbie, you're, you you were still a fervent film fanatic, and and, and you were <laughs> you, you you were furious that you weren't watching Taxi Driver instead. Yeah. Where's his greater oeuvre? Where's Raging Bull? I, said, um, I hadn't heard of Robert De Niro, but I had heard of Scorsese. So neither of you were strictly on the ball. Well, you you were mm-hmm. sort of right. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm going to give you both a point for that. Okay. Um. So for a bit more context, um, um. Uh, mince pies and other Christmas associated foods um, were very heavily tied to Catholicism uh, and Ol- and Oliver Cromwell who was a Protestant did not believe that Christmas feasting was tri- was in keeping with Christian values so yeah. in um, in 1657 he outlawed Christmas feasting um, uh, and that included mince pies. It was it was for religious reasons. Reintroduced by James the Seventh. There you are, not James the Bossom. It wasn't actually because that's my next question. Oh, okay. (laughs) The Puritans were an interesting bunch under Oliver Cromwell, mainly because they just didn't believe in any frivolity. You just kind of you worshipped God. God was Almighty, and everything else was bland and boring. And you were you were a lowly peasant under God. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting interesting way to live. Because they kind of they looked at the Catholic Church as money grabbing and greedy with all their gold ornamentation and their kiddie fiddling and that sort of stuff. Um, oh. 
There's actually something interesting. So um, there was a man called mm-hmm. Masher Montneden, who was mm-hmm. the uh, closest thing that Oliver Cromwell had to a press secretary. Um, and he was a journalist and a writer of pamphlets. Um, oh. And in uh, 1661, he wrote a book called The History of the Rebellion, which was him recounting the events of the English Civil War. Um, and there's a section about it uh, in it about mince pies. And I've actually got that extract here. Um, Go on. All plums the prophet's sons defy, and spice broths are too hot. Treasons in a December pie, and death within the pot. Oh, we have to make all of our laws in rhyme. (laughs) (laughs) Don't believe in any frivolity, but oh, give us some poetry. No, that was... Someone elects Jordan Bowen. That that was someone who was loosely associated with the government. That wasn't the actual parliamentary legislature. Ah, oh, I was hoping. He's, uh, that does really... sound like something, though, that this Tory government would do to draw the eyes away from what they're doing. No one would notice that we cut the NHS completely if we do it in rhyme. <laughs> he's actually we structure super... it as Humpty Dumpty. He's a really interesting figure, and while I was doing the research for this quiz, I kept getting distracted reading up about him. So he um, wrote propaganda for both the Roundheads and the Cavaliers mm. and kept flip-flopping either side. He, he was, in many ways, I think, the world's first word scenario. Like, he just <laughs> he just wrote whichever side said they wouldn't kill him. <laughs> so, uh, question eight. For how many years did Mitch Sorry, I was going to make a joke about... I went to do a drink of water, um, but I had a really good joke about Twilight fan fiction there and about how which side of, you know... Um, I write for whichever side of Team Edward and Jacob wouldn't kill me. Um, but I interrupted James now and I realised it wasn't worth it. So I let you go back to your your. Did you quiz. interrupt a question in my quiz to say that you were going to make a joke about a completely unrelated fan fiction? <laughs> well, you, you said which, he writes for whichever side doesn't kill me. I said that was how I, how I was going to do it in Twilight fan fiction. I'm sorry. Have you written Twilight fan fiction, Robbie? It's no longer online. Question eight. For how many years did mince pies remain illegal? Oh. Seven. Twelve. Oh, Jordan's highballed me there. I should have waited and gone higher than him. Should you shouldn't have done. Me. You were very correct. Oh. Only for three years. Oh. Three years. So um, after the restoration of the monarchy in 1660, Mm-hmm. Um, Charles II had all but 11 of the laws passed by Oliver Cromwell and all. Um, so they, they were only actually illegal for, for three years. It was chosen. You know, it was the I misremembered. Yeah. I misremembered the horrible history song. Yeah. But you, yeah, you were close enough. Robbie is, is tailing away here, though. I'll, I'll announce the... Mm. Uh, so we've only got two questions left. Oh, uh, number ten is the big one. Okay. Okay. But, but first, number nine. So, true or false? At the time of recording, there are two mince pies in orbit around the Earth. <laughs> but by the time the podcast goes out, there might be a third. Possibly, they they do reproduce. <laughs> if the two mince pies meet on a mince pie dating app. <laughs> I believe this is true. What are you uh, saying? Yeah, yeah. Oh, ooh, no, I think it's a trick question. I think there are mince pies in orbit, but there's more than two. Or there's one. I think there's mince pies in orbit, but there's not two. I'm going to have to press you for a uh, true or false answer there, Robbie. So, false. I believe there are mince pies in orbit, but there's not two mince pies in orbit. Although, at the same time, if there were four in orbit, that means there are two in orbit. So, you could draw the question whichever way you like, really. <laughs> Um, what if there's only one mince pie in orbit? Then it's st- I'm sticking. I said false. I believe there are mince pies in space, though, and I believe that would make a great DreamWorks film. So, I made this up. There, there are oh. no mince pies in space, as far as I'm aware. Oh my god, I've done so badly on but this quiz. I said false, so I'm still right. What do you mean? I, I know. I gave you the point. Yeah, I know. I was just celebrating. <laughs> Okay, so we are now on the last question. Um, Robbie so far has eight points. Okay. Only only one question about mince pies thus far he has gotten wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan has one point. 
<laughs> so you between might... us, we've got a perfect score. Only eight questions wrong so far. <laughs> so you, you need to up your mince pie game, really, Jordan. I'm sorry. So here's the big one. Question mm-hmm. ten: Which um, shop's range of mince pies is ranked first place on the Mince Pie Club's official top ten <laughs> mince pie rankings? Oh come on! Now here, I will award one point if you successfully guess the store, and mm-hmm. another point if you successfully guess the year that mince pie was released. What? What? What do you mean the year is released? Well, the recipes change each year, so oh. um, so oh. so certain shops was... can appear on the list more than once for different years of mince right. pies that they've done. I, I thought it was going to be like a mince pie E3, where they announce the mince pies that are coming out this year. And we have big hype building towards this year's mince pies. Pie MDB you, lists all the years they came out on. Uh-huh. That was all right. Is, that was all right. Is this out of, like, any store, not just high street stores? So, um, it's out of pretty much any store in the UK. Um, mm-hmm. But all of the ones... That, there's no independent ones in the top They're ten all... ranks. They're, nationwide they're all, chains they're all chains or bakeries or high street stores or so on and so forth okay would it would it help you if i gave you the criteria that the pies are judged on yes so the pies are judged on eight criteria which are <laughs> visual presentation oh, okay. aroma sugar coating okay. size slash weight first mm. impressions Crust thickness slash quality, filling quality, and filling quantity. Is this first impressions? We're back to the pie speed dating. Um, the first thing, there's a little bit of a description on all of them. Okay, I want to uh, know what the first impressions is. It, they just say that all important first bite. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the first bite, that's interesting. That does change things. That does change. Um, most um, of the criteria are summarised in um, a sentence, except for crust thickness slash quality, for which they say, was the crust thick enough? Moist enough? Did it crumble? The crust should crumble when you take your first bite, but you should not end up with a lap full of crumbs. Okay. Whoa. Well, it depends how you're eating them. <laughs> okay. who's, who, who's done this list, anyway? Um, the Mint so, Pie Club. So people who are members of the of the Pie Club can send in their own reviews, and they're collated a bit like IMDb. Wait, so Pie MDb? There's a mince pie club. No, God, Jordan, what do you think? Um, no, there is not a mince pie club, but there is um, a. Oh no, sorry, you are right. It is the mince pie club. <laughs> Even even I was taken about that. I was like, surely not. But no, you, it is the Mince Pie Club. They have a newsletter. <laughs> How I, often do they send them out? Once a year when the Mince Pies come back. <laughs> <laughs> not a Mince Pie E3. <laughs> E3. Oh, no. I'm going to have to guess. It's got to be something like Waitrose or My... Selfridges or... My my instinct is Marks and Spencer's 2004. See, I was going to say Marks and Spencer's, and you said it before me. <laughs> you way. are both allowed to but give the same answer year. if you want. Well, I mean, I will. I, w- I will give you both. Uh, if you guess the store, I'll give you a point. If you guess the year, I will also give you a point. I'm going to go Dang. for Marks and Spencer's as well, but I'm going to go mm. for 2013 instead of 2004. Okay. So you've both I feel gone. Like there's a level of pie nostalgia. You've yep. both gone Marks and Spencer's. Yep. Mm-hmm. Robbie's gone 2004. Yeah. Jordan's gone 2013. I'm actually tense. I can reveal that according to the Mince Pie Club, the best mince pie ever released in the UK was Marks and Spencer's <gasps> oh! <laughs> 2016. Oh! 2016 range of mince pies so i'll give you uh both a point there and i'll just read out the top five just in case you're curious right so i'm gonna say i'm gonna say greg's will be in the top five i feel like it's something they'd really push for it's something that would be important to greg's but they never quite make it 
I, I say in the top five, there's got to be Waitrose and there's got to be Selfridges. Mm. I'm feeling that they're in there as well. I feel there'll be enough Marks and Spencers in there. Um, they'll be high up. There'll be second Marks and Spencers. Uh, and I reckon there'll probably be a surprise like budget to mince pie hanging around. Maybe actually the Greg's one. Curious, curious. Mm. So second on the mince pie club's rating of the best mince pies ever <laughs> yeah. um, is the 2017 Waitrose mince pie. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Um, third is the 2015 Tesco Finest mince pie. Mm-hmm. Um, fourth is the uh, generic Waitrose Christmas all butter mince pie. No year. Okay. Um, the fifth is Thomas the Baker mince pies, which is oh. the curveball one, I think. Mm. Thomas the Baker. Who is Thomas the Baker? Um, Thomas the Baker is an up and coming bakery chain based out of the Northeast. And they're, okay. um, they're only really found in what I would refer to as the extreme north. So, <laughs> so up, up near Newcastle and all that. See, but they've already got Peter's Pies. So what are they doing? Surely there isn't room for two. Of course there no, is. That's where, no, that's it, Wales. It, Wales is Peter's Pies. There's another, but there's another chain they have up there. Like we have birds in the East Midlands. They've got their own. It isn't Thomas the Baker. But hmm. I think there, there are more than one. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, there's loads. It was interesting, actually, because I thought that the um, Sainsbury's um, mince pies, which I had long since considered to be the ultimate mince pies, um, mm. would, would, would come really highly. But they're actually 10th and only the 2016 range of Sainsbury mince pies have mm. ranked in the top 10. How far back to this date? Um, I could actually just have a quick check. I do have the page open. Um, <laughs> let me go on the FAQs for um the mince pie club and presumably mm-hmm. it will tell us when it was started huh the first frequently asked question was how could i make a really big mince pie <laughs> <laughs> um and that was posted well, on november 30th 2007 so a cursory glance oh here we go so i believe that the mince pie club was formed in 2004 okay um the year of the best marks and spencer's pie Yes. Um, if you want to join the Mince Pie Club, you can contact them via their email address and <laughs> formally request to join. And you have to undergo what is presumably a very rigorous selection process. Mm, obviously. So that is the quiz over. The final <clears throat> scores are Jordan is in last place with two points and Robbie wins with nine points. Hey! I'd just like to thank my wife and children and all the little mince pies that made the job worthwhile. Robbie is the mince pie master, the mince pie maestro, the the, the mince pie man. That is what I hope they call me on my tombstone. Jingle, 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 bells, bells, bells. What's more Christmassy than... A quiz about mince pies. I don't think there is anything more Christmassy than a quiz about mince pies that we definitely just did and was very good. Um, and, and then James ate too many mince pies and had suffered from a death. Yep. That was what happened. And definitely not that his internet cut out because yeah. he lives in the middle of nowhere in about 1998. And therefore yeah. those sort of things happen. His... His internet still makes those noises like. As I said, James is on dial up. He's just got dial up in the north. Yeah. They're just moving on to that now. They, they rolled it out in um, in the treacle market um, last month. <laughs> they were like, look at our brand new invention. And they, they unscrewed this box of treacle, and inside was just some circuitry. And it's like, we've got <laughs> dial up internet now. And then they stole it, the first... and everyone in Macclesfield stole the dial-up internet. <laughs> For the first eighty odd episodes, James hadn't heard of the internet. He had no idea where the podcasts were going. He thought we just turned up and shouted at a little metal box for a bit. Not realizing that was a microphone. He had no idea what was going on. He just thought that it was a religion and that we were praying to our deity. Yeah. <laughs> Almighty discharge. <laughs> It was a real coincidence that every time he came to pray, he wrote comedy material. <laughs> He's yeah, just a really, really bad Catholic. Very seriously. 
No, he didn't. He was awful at it. He really, really should have considered it more carefully. I'm amazed, and I'm actually, there's a part of me that's kind of glad that there's a place in the country still where the internet goes down for the best part of an hour. It, it, it is shocking. Um, I mean, Telford, you'd think Telford would mm. be the one with these kind of jokes usually, but whenever my internet goes down, it's it's more like it just goes slow for a little bit. Yeah. But Macclesfield, now there's the true backwards little town. <laughs> not Telford. <laughs> Because it's not even like there's many places in the north which are supposedly important enough that they probably put effort in. Not Macclesfield. The most notable thing about Macclesfield was the Rock once pretended he'd been there. <laughs> that's that's all that's ever happened in Macclesfield, and it didn't even happen. <laughs> I thought that was almost true for a second. Oh, no, the, the, the Rock the, actually pretended that he'd been there. James has told this story on at least two podcasts. Just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> none of us do and that's why it doesn't matter that he's cut out that his internet has died and gone this is the problem of doing it over skype if we were doing it in the same room james never fades out of being before or midway through we're recording a link <laughs> we had i was halfway through telling an anecdote and i worry now we're gonna do it next week instead but i'm gonna have to pretend i'm gonna have to make it sound fresh i can't do any of that again I guess you'll just have to like start it in reverse. <laughs> just kind of start with like, points. My anecdote becomes Mento. It's Christopher Nolan's anecdote. <laughs> telling it all out of sequence. Why not? I mean, yeah. there's not much of a sequence. You've only been doing the UPS infrared. But that's another story for another, yeah. another time. I accidentally got a job at a major delivery firm. And you can hear more about that next week when we do another podcast. Speaking of next week, mm. it's Christmas on Monday. Yes. So, so I think we should talk to all the seven Chinese people that are listening. <laughs> racist. So racist. You're like your mum. Your mum's rubbing off on you. <laughs> Just like James's mum's rubbing off on a stranger right now. Hey, he's <laughs> not even here to reply. <laughs> nope, he's lost that right. No... Wow. Isn't that worse? James, no, Ben's mum is both racist and a whore. <laughs> okay, okay, I should stop. Um, but I am, you're welcome to say anything you like about my mum. Moving on. For all uh, Christmas. Yeah? <laughs> no, Christmas, we, everyone listening should have, have a very, very Merry Christmas or whatever variation of a festive period you have, <laughs> whether it be winter stolstist. Um, or, or I, I don't really know any other Christmassy generic holiday season with robins and snow. I really don't want to be insensitive, but I feel like Eid is somewhere around the Christmassy months. I I was about to take a guess when I thought it was, uh, or say when I thought it was, but then I realised the best thing to do is to stay quiet, so it sounds like you know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um... Listen we, to a few white blokes pretend they're more in touch than they are. We're really not. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a problem. If James was here, he'd know all about it. it it's an interesting one because... <laughs> I just wanted to use, <laughs> James, to use James's catchphrase with no real thing to actually say. Ah, it's an interesting one because Nigel Farage, when he came in and he was like, ah, Brexit, lads. And everyone were like, ah, this ain't Brexit. This ain't no good. And he were like, ah, it's right, good, lads. And they were like, ah, it's right, good. Ah, we should go and listen to Brexit. And then everyone voted leave. And then they were like, ah, no, Farage pulled the fast one, which is a phrase I've heard him use three times. Um, that was my James impression. It's not very good. And it sort of just became Northern Man. That's exactly what he sounded like when he called us up to say his internet had gone down. Yeah. <laughs> that was just a recording. He, he didn't even tell us that the internet had gone down. He just started talking about Nigel Farage. I wish he wouldn't do that. Sometimes I wish he'd talk about other things other than Brexit. But then people say the same about me, so never mind. Yeah, and me. Mostly my family. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've taken to kind of like walking in the front room where my family are there now and going... Mm. Hey, look at this thing that's happened. I told you this was going to happen if you voted to leave. <laughs> and everyone just kind of I told you. Eyes and... I told you we were going to leave the European Union. 
<laughs> oh, and the economy was going to tank. Never mind. Never mind. It's only our lives and future and country and livelihoods that's well, falling apart now because there's Christmas trees up and presents. Yeah. Be- and so- Damien Green's been fired, so it's all going well. Yeah. Everything's fine in politics. We're, we're clawing it all the way back. Yeah. There was actually, there was, um, Ken Loach tweeted earlier today uh, in response to the Damien Green story oh, saying yeah. that he, he quoted it and he said, Daniel Blake would be very happy to hear this. <laughs> or Daniel Blake is very happy to hear this. Clearly not realising that Daniel Blake is a fictional character in a film that he directed as though he was a real person. Yeah. Which is either Ken Loach is losing his grip on reality or he lost it while he was making the film. And the I reason think... all of those performances are so convincing is because all the actors realised that Ken Loach thought it was real and thought this was just really a, an actual bloke that lost his job and was complaining at the job centre. And so they all just stayed in character and just completely bought into it the whole time. And he was trying to just... no, uh, He didn't realise it, but the actors were all, no, 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 Ken, Ken... Never mind. This was going to be a risk that was going to go somewhere, but it's not. Jordan, you were going to say something. I, I can't remember what I was going to say. I think it was something about Ken Loach losing it a very long time ago. <laughs> yeah, he probably lost it about the time he started his own party. Um, that but, is, shall we wrap this episode? Yeah, up? I was going to say. Speaking of losing it, yeah. um, let's lose. Let go mad. This podcasting, Fred, um, and call it to an end yeah if you did like this you can go on to like itunes and that and subscribe to it and go to like the website uh verbaldischarge.co.uk and and we have a twitter which of course is at verb radio we also have a facebook but you can find that by typing in verbal discharge so yeah look at the stuff that goes on occasionally now Yeah, I realise it has been a while since we lasted one. It was the live show. It was the November Review of the Year live show. Um, but hopefully you like that. And do you know what? There's 100 episodes, and this is our 101st episode. You can go back and listen. There's bound to be one you missed for most yeah. people. Go back and listen to that. Go back and read something. We did lots of this. Yes. yes. I we did. My, my personal favourite, uh, if you want to go back, is the one with hentai in the name. <laughs> that got a lot of views. That was, I mean, was amongst our most listened to. Because hentai was in the name. We should put hentai in the name of this one. It should be the hentai Christmas special. Should we, should we, should we put that in the name to see if it gets us more views? <laughs> a hentai mince pie. <laughs> Done. Episode title. That's a hentai it. mince pie. Sorted. Archived. Uploaded. Done. This is our most popular episode ever. Well done, everyone. <laughs> well, thank you all for listening. Yes. And Merry Christmas to all. Yeah. And to all a good podcast. To wherever you are, wherever you're listening, a Merry Christmas to you, to your family, and to anyone you happen to know. Thank you.